Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about empowering each of us with the perspective and tools to grow and change. Now, we're receiving a lot of encouraging feedback about the Open Your Eyes podcast, and I'm thrilled that you found them helpful and encouraging. From the outset, my real goal was to help and encourage you and me in our quest to improve. And, you know, I'm just excited to be part of the remarkable community of podcasters who are serving others by giving of their time and experience. So wherever you're listening today, whether in the car or on your daily walk or run, I hope today we can learn something that will help you as you strive to reach your goals and fulfill your purpose. Now, if you want to find the home base for these podcasts, just go to openyoureyes.org. And from there, you can find the best place to listen and subscribe. So let's get started. Do you ever listen to podcasts or read an encouraging book or think about your future and walk away discouraged rather than encouraged? It's easy, isn't it, to feel overwhelmed sometimes, like you always have to improve and to think that you somehow don't measure up. And most of all, it can be discouraging to think that somehow the me of today still has a lot of growing to do. So how can you have a mindset to set and pursue goals and not be overwhelmed or discouraged by those very goals? And sometimes it's easy to wonder if who I am is enough. And the answer to that simple question is, yes, you are more than enough. And today I'd like to talk about you're more than enough. And it's enough to just try. Now, there have been some remarkable dates in U.S. history, 9-11, D-Day, July 4th. But I believe one of the most remarkable dates was December 31st, 1776. The circumstances, the Revolutionary War. You know, when we think about the leaders of the Revolutionary War, we often picture old men. We think of elderly statesmen. But in 1776, they were nothing of the sort. Jefferson was 33 years old when he drafted the Declaration of Independence. John Adams was 40. And Washington was the old man of the group at 43 years of age. And Washington had never commanded an army in battle before. He, he wasn't chosen because of his battle experience, but rather his character, his integrity. And by the end of 1776, his army had been defeated many times. You know, over 25,000 Americans were killed during the war. That's 1% of the population at the time. And Washington's army was hardly an army. They were rude, crude, ununiformed, undisciplined, untrained farm boys. And just months earlier, they had been stuck in defeat at Brooklyn Heights. The British Armada was coming up the East River between Brooklyn and Manhattan, certain doom for the American troops. But for some reason, a howling storm out of the Northeast appeared and prevented the British ships from reaching them. In the meantime, Washington ordered that every small craft be rounded up to bring his army back to New York, just like Dunkirk. All night long, these small boats ferried men and cannons and even horses back across the river to New York without the British ever knowing it. On Christmas night, Washington and his rabble crossed the Delaware to surprise the British at Trenton. It was bitterly cold. Two men froze to death because they had no winter clothing. But the little army prevailed in surprising the British. 
And despite that, on New Year's Eve, the war was far from over and very little would indicate that the Americans would eventually win. So given all of that, you have to imagine in your mind's eye the scene that takes place on December 31st. All of the enlistments for the army were up at the end of the year. Almost every soldier was free to go home in a matter of hours. Everything they had fought for hung in the balance. Washington called his troops out into formation. They were tired, exhausted, cold, sick. Clothes and men and women were worn out. They'd endured freezing conditions, lack of food, inadequate medical support, and one privation after another. At some point, you have to assume they may have said to themselves, why try anymore? Or at least, why am I here? I'm not making much of a difference. Why try? With their minds set on going home and accepting the fact that the British Army was more well-supplied, trained, and capable, with the thoughts of escaping back to their lives and letting someone else pick up the fight, Washington rides out in front of the formation and urges them to re-enlist. He said if they would re-enlist for another six months, he would give them a bonus of $10 each. And these men and their families were starving, and $10 would be a godsend to most. The drums started to roll, and those who would stay and re-enlist were asked to step forward. No one stepped forward. The drums kept rolling. No volunteers. No movement. Washington turned and started to ride away. Then, as if to try, one last time, he stopped contemplated, and turned back. And he spoke to them again. And among other things, he said, My brave fellows, you have done all I asked you to do, and more than could reasonably be expected. But your country is at stake, your wives, your houses, and all that you hold dear. You have worn yourselves out with fatigues and hardships, but we know not how to spare you. If you will consent to stay one month longer, you will render that service to the cause of liberty and to your country, which you can probably never do under any other circumstance. In short, he said, you have a chance to serve your country in a way nobody else will be able to do again. Just try. For one more month, this is the time you have a chance to do something remarkable if you will just stay and try. Again, the drums rolled, and this time the men began to step forward. God Almighty, wrote Nathaniel Green, inclined their hearts to listen to the proposal, and they engaged anew. They stepped up to try again. Placing their faith in God and George Washington, those 19,000 men and women would go on to change history. To engage anew, to re-enlist, to try again, when you've been in the pursuit of something for a long time, to let trying outweigh discouragement is a noble thing. And it doesn't have to be in war or heroic or even notable to be noble. Trying is noble. Over the years, I've gained a deep appreciation and respect for the value of just trying. Simply showing up and starting where you are is sometimes all you can do and often all you need to do. Trying is enough. 
regardless of your level of experience, your failures, or the beliefs you hold on your belief window of your own potential, wherever you are in life, you need to just show up and try. Try to listen to the patient instruction of that life and God have for you. Try to imitate the movements of others. Try to ignore the negative self-talk when you feel like you don't measure up. And try to focus on the joys in the learning, in the work of it, instead of the defeat of failure. And amidst your trying, recognize that others around you are in the middle of their own trying as well. Celebrate their progress even when they seem to be farther along than you, and give them a pass when they fall short. There is something about just trying no matter what. It reminds me of a fun article I read a few years back that said, with all the sadness and trauma going on in the world at the moment, it is worth reflecting on the death of a very important person, which almost went unnoticed last week. Larry LaPrize, the man that wrote The Hokey Pokey, died peacefully at the age of 93. The most traumatic part for his family was getting him into the coffin. They put his left leg in, and then the trouble started. Sometimes it feels like your last straw, that you will go into your grave without success, but you just keep doing the hokey pokey. You just keep trying, even though you're on your last leg. Because you see, God's delays are not God's denials. And in my experience, good things come to those who wait and keep trying. Trying requires a different kind of faith. A faith that you might not see the end from the beginning. That you need to try and try again. And you definitely aren't encouraged at the moment. But despite all of that, you continue. You try. Faith that somehow you can get to where you're going. And ironically, in that trying is where you become who you were meant to become. As the story goes, a Christian missionary couple was called to Africa to serve deep in the heart of the continent. And when they got to the coast, they were told that they would be taking machinery to a missionary center at their outpost in Zaire. They had a whole truckload of heavy machinery. And when they got the truck completely loaded, it weighed about eight tons. And that soon turned out to be a problem. The road that led to where they were going passed over many rivers and streams and deep ravines. The bridges were crude. They were made of logs tied together with vines. Some of the bridges had three ton on the sign next to them, meaning the weight limit was three tons. Some had written six tons, but none of them had eight tons written on the sign beside them. The truck was too heavy to cross. Now, these missionaries were concerned, and the wife said, what are we going to do about all the weight as we drive across those bridges? We'll have to leave some of this stuff behind. And the missionary said, there isn't anything I can do to lighten the load. I'll just have to reinforce the bridges. So that is what they did. They started out, and at each bridge, they would stop, and with considerable work, sometimes dangerous work because the rivers were infested with crocodiles and snakes. They would cut down trees, strengthen the bridge, and rebuild it to the point where it could carry the eight tons. And thus, they delivered the supplies. That's the thing about trying, isn't it? Each time you try, despite the lack of the strength of the bridge or the chasms or the gaps in your talent or means, 
you are forced to strengthen your bridges. That means your talents rise and your gaps are spanned. And the thing is, others will soon cross those very same bridges and you will cross those bridges again. And through all of that, your weaknesses will become strengths. Oh, the power of just trying, of saying yes. I feel like my life is too heavy, my business too difficult, and my children too uncontrollable, and my fears too fearsome. But I am just going to keep trying. And you may find, like Washington's ragtag army, you are the right person at the right time, and your small try can make all the difference. Not long ago, my youngest, who is now married and doing well in life, was trying to change her life's direction and do something exceptionally hard and outside of her comfort zone. But she didn't know if she could, and she wondered if trying was going to be worth it. And I said to her, clearly you don't know the story of Esther in the Bible. And she looked at me and rolled her eyes, thinking, here we go again. Dad has some irrelevant story to tell me, and it's from the Bible to boot. I just kept going. Esther was a Jewish woman and the adopted daughter of a Jewish man named Mordecai. She was chosen queen of Persia because of her beauty. However, Haman, the chief man in the king's court, hated Mordecai and through some trickery, obtained a decree from the king to put all Jewish people to death. Now, Esther is asked by Mordecai to go to the king and plead the case to rescind his order. But this meant revealing that she herself was a Jew and risking certain death if she upset the king. Hesitant to try, her cousin Mordecai tells Esther this, Who knows if you have not come here for such a time as this? I told Cammy, yes, you're about to do something extremely difficult, but who knows if you have not come to this very place in your life for such a time as this. Perhaps your future hinges on what you choose to do at this time and what good may come if you just try. And try she did, and she did remarkably well. It's changed her life. It helped her meet her future husband. She's become a great teacher and she's gained lasting values because of what she's done. Now I say to you, who knows if you have not come here for such a time as this? Who knows if you aren't exactly where you should be because you are enough. What you have inside of you is enough. And with faith, if you keep trying, if you just stay in the game, it will be enough. Just try. You won't be perfect, and you'll likely fail. Keep trying. Just keep moving in the direction of your goals, even if you aren't doing so well at reaching them today. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. You may not feel like you're good enough. You are. And if you feel that way, you don't understand how life works, because there is grace and power in trying. When you were younger and your mom made you practice the piano, you made lots of mistakes. But just because you made a mistake, you didn't quit playing or practicing. When you started playing, it wasn't expected that you would be perfect. When learning the piano, there weren't just two options, either perform at Carnegie Hall or quit. No, there was time for trying and practice. Growth and development takes time. Learning takes time. 
That's why you keep trying. And here's the thing. If you feel inadequate and tossed about by false insecurity, feeling like you fall short over and over again, like you set a goal and didn't reach it just like last time, please know this. Feeling inadequate is normal. Yes, you and me, we all have an immense distance to travel to become who we are meant to become. Yes, you may have grand expectations, but just try. Just keep trying. Who knows if you weren't born for such a time as this? You know, while living in Japan, I saw artists who practiced the Japanese art of kintsugi. These artists repair valuable pottery and classic bowls that have been broken by filling the cracks with a lacquer made from gold, silver, or platinum, restoring this damaged dish to something beautiful and whole. These dishes with their golden cracks and beautifully highlighted flaws are highly sought after and a valuable collector's item. And you and I are no different. When we make mistakes and keep trying anyway, we soon learn that life tends to repair or turn our flaws into something more beautiful than before, because we all have scars from our mistakes and weaknesses. Kintsugi teaches that scars are not something to hide. Rather, they are to be celebrated for the unique beauty they exhibit. The scars themselves are considered precious and therefore are mended with precious metals to honor their value. The finished piece is even more beautiful than the unbroken original. On Halloween morning a few years back, Bethany went with her best friend and her family to Tunnel Beach. Tunnel Beach is on the island of Kauai in Hawaii. And it's a beautiful beach, a perfect place for many of the locals to surf. This surfing spot at the end of the road on the North Shore gets its name from the circular shape of waves and because it is really fast and shoots you out like an exploding cannon. And it is for experts only. It was still dark when they arrived about 6.40 a.m. and the water was full of turtles and it was glassy and the waves were perfect. Bethany was only 13 years old, but she'd been surfing most of her life having grown up in Hawaii. They had been surfing about a half an hour. No real spectacular waves that day. Elena and her brother were floating about 15 feet away from Bethany while they were waiting for their next wave. When she saw a dark shape in the water out of the corner of her eye. And she barely had time to recognize the rolled back eyes, the triangle shaped teeth and the sandpaper like skin. Then a tug an immense pressure on her right arm, and in a matter of seconds, the sharp, serrated teeth of a 14-foot shark had severed her arm just below her shoulder, taking not only her arm, but a portion of the surfboard as well. Her only thought was to get to the beach, but with a severed artery, the blood was pouring into the water. Elena's brother told her to hold on to his shorts, and he began to paddle, forgetting the danger of the lurking shark. Once on shore, Elena's dad put on a tourniquet. With so much blood loss, Bethany barely survived. After days of battling for her life, she began to accept life without her arm. What she immediately noticed is what experts call phantom pain. It means that she still felt pain in her fingers and her hand and her wrist, even though her arm was missing. I find this particularly interesting. 
that your nerves have residual memory enough to signal to your brain the sensation of pain. She says she still has it to this day. Have you ever lost something or just lost or let yourself down or failed and still to this day you carry the residual pain? The leftover negativity, the pain, the fear. I have. Afraid to try again because I couldn't. Worried that I won't because I didn't. This is not unusual. Residual pain happens to all of us. There's so much power in trying again. The biggest challenge to Bethany was not long after the accident, she went to watch her friends surf. She said as she sat there and watched the waves roll in and her surfing team catching those waves, something stirred inside of her. She said it was a realization. She knew what she was meant to do. And despite the fear of dark shapes in the water, despite the uncertainty of a shark bite, and despite her fears of the past, she grabbed the longboard and went back into the water. Thirteen months later, she would win a major surfing competition, and a year after that, she won the World Teenage Championship. It takes courage to get back in the water, to tackle the waves and the sharks, to risk the same hurt you felt before, especially when you may fail again. Now, Bethany has scars, but she is beautifully strong with one arm. She does not have two hands to grab onto the sides of the board to easily boost herself to a standing position. Rather, she must place one hand in the center of the board and push herself up with one arm. And if any of you have surfed, this seems almost impossible. But she does it now all the time. This is how trying will take what you don't have and give you strength developed in the trying to help you overcome. Get back in the water. Maybe your business hasn't started like you wanted, or your exercise plan got off track, or you lost your cool with the kids despite resolving never to do that again. Yes, you may have even lost something of great value because of your poor judgment. Don't you quit. Get back in the water. You see, when you try, you find your balance. You strengthen the bridges. You come to do what you couldn't do before. Can you see, can you open your eyes to the fact that we are what we repeatedly do? So keep doing. Keep doing even when you feel like you're losing the war and the best thing is to go home and be a farmer. But when you stay in the fight, when you re-enlist, when you try, you change history. The great C.S. Lewis wrote, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house, and at first, perhaps you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed to be done, so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? Well, the explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of, throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace. So when you don't feel like trying, how can you stay in the game, so to speak? Well, here's a few suggestions. The first is this. Do something today. An astute counselor once said, Whatever your present marriage relationship, you can do something today that can change things for the better. 
Many husbands and wives who seek help initially believe that their problems are so bad or have gone so far for so long that change is impossible. Yet changing behavior can start with very simple acts. And my experience with hundreds of couples and individuals has taught me that even simple solutions can have far-reaching positive effects and that every couple can do something different today that will improve themselves and their marriage. A kind gesture, an unexpected kiss on the cheek, a thoughtful word of appreciation can have a ripple effect that will invite and encourage goodwill throughout the week. In fact, it's often through some of our simplest actions that some of the greatest changes occur. While solutions to long-standing problems may initially seem impossible to achieve, we can do something today that will move us along the right path. Doing something today is such a powerful concept. No matter what happened yesterday, no matter how much I failed in overcoming my bad habit, I can do something today. I don't have to let my past dictate my future, even if it's my recent past. You know, for some of us, our thinking is so framed in what has happened to us in the past that we can't get a good view of our future. It's like we're driving through life, not by looking out of the windshield, but by looking out of the rearview mirror. Imagine if you drove only by looking out of your rearview mirror. How limiting would that be? Well, that's what happens to some of us. Let the past go. Let it go even if you failed. You are not the person you were. You are the person you can become. You know, business author Jim Collins wrote about the process of change and just trying again. It is what leads to change, but we're often too impatient to see it. Picture an egg, he says. Day after day, it sits there. No one pays attention to it. No one notices it. Certainly, no one takes a picture of it or puts it on the cover of a celebrity-focused business magazine. Then, one day, the shell cracks and out jumps a chicken. All of a sudden, the major magazines and newspapers jump on the story. Stunning turnaround at egg. The chick who led the breakthrough at egg. From the outside, the story always reads like an overnight sensation, as if the egg had suddenly and radically altered itself into a chicken. But picture the egg from the chicken's point of view. While the outside world was ignoring this seemingly dormant egg, the chicken was within evolving, growing, developing, trying. From the chicken's point of view, the moment of breakthrough, the cracking of the egg, was simply one more step in a long chain of steps that had led up to that moment. Granted, it was a big step, but it was hardly the radical transformation that it looked like from the outside. In today's age of instant everything, we must learn once more the virtue of patience. In the face of deep disappointment, we tend to become too discouraged too soon. There may be something we need to learn that hasn't sunken in yet. Maybe we should complain less and listen more. One plain fact of life is that we often think deeper and learn faster when we hurt. It sometimes takes a little hurt to turn our minds and spirits into the sponges required to absorb the things waiting for us to learn and grow. Now, my next suggestion for gaining the ability to try is this. You may not have all the answers. So just do more of what works 
and a little less of what doesn't. It means that each day you whittle away by adding more of what works and less of what doesn't to your life. This principle of trading what works down can be easily seen in the life of a smoker who's addicted to nicotine, who lowers the number of cigarettes he smokes each day and trades down to a nicotine patch or nicotine gum as his body is getting used to lower and lower levels of the addicting drug. Then, after his capacity is increased and his dependency decreased, the step to total abstinence is more easily believed and achieved. Doing more of what works involves exactly what you're doing right now. Listening, trying, taking a hint here and there, and building your resolve more than the failings of life erodes it. Just do a little more each day of what works. Last, remember, happiness does not depend on what happens outside of you, but what happens inside of you. It is measured by the spirit with which you meet the daily problems of life and keep trying. This is what matters. No pain you suffer or trial you endure is wasted. If you let it, each failure will minister to your education and to your development. And every time you try again, you are building your character, expanding your soul, and becoming someone of great worth. The most significant thing I've learned from my failings, and I have many, is that I'm now naturally more patient with others who also have failings. What a gift to feel true empathy and love for others. I've also learned not to expect perfection. One great author once said, Patience is a willingness, in a sense, to watch the unfolding purposes of life with a sense of wonder and awe, rather than pacing up and down within the cell of our circumstance. Patience stoutly resists pulling up the daisies to see how the roots are doing. Patience is not fatalistic, shoulder-shrugging resignation. It is accepting a divine rhythm to life. It is trying and trying again. Years ago, my own failings and frustrations and trying when I didn't feel like it led me to this view of how life molds us if we just keep trying. And it was that realization that caused me to begin to write and speak on the power of opening your eyes. Blessings will come into your life when you don't quit. Try. Re-enlist in the cause. You have an opportunity that others don't have. And who knows? if you aren't here for just a time as this. So grab your longboard. The joy of being in the surf far outweighs the fear of failing again. And you will fail. And maybe that failure has taken the wind out of your sails. So set your sails in the direction your life should go and stay in the water. Just keep your sail in the air. The wind will blow again. And as the saying goes, one ship sails east the other west, and by the selfsame winds that blow. Tis the set of the sail and not the gale that determines the way they go. So set your sail to try. You can do what you are trying to do. Just try. And thanks for being here today. We'll talk about the next steps to opening your eyes in our next podcast. And I look forward to being with you again soon. 